Ladies and gentlemen, am I proud to announce, talk about, whatever the word is, I am excited about today because you guys are going to be able to listen to the Tangy Community Download. And I really wanted to start off this first episode with a kind of like a prequel. So excited to be bringing you guys this show. My first guest is awesome. Her name is Summer Smith, and she represents Tangipahoa Parish SAD, which is basically uh, the acronym stands for Students Against Destructive Decisions. And she's going to tell us a lot of cool stuff about that organization and what they do and what they're trying to accomplish in our parish. But a little bit of a backstory going into this show and why I'm so excited about it. This is the Tangy Community Download. I'm Tyler Thomas. I'm going to be hosting it. And I'm so excited. This show, uh, it's a community affairs show. We're going to look to spotlight the cool things about Tangible Parish and all the awesome things that go on in our parish. We have so many cool things. I mean, we talk about the Strawberry Festival, Hot August Night, all kinds of awesome stuff that goes on in our parish. And we're going to try to showcase some of those things. And we're going to start off with Summer Smith and Tangibo is sad. And so super excited. Come along on the ride with us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be vibrant. And we're going to enjoy it. But thank you guys so much for being a part of this first episode. Uh, coming to you live on Southeastern Zone 90.9 KSLU or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're going to have some fun getting to the first episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as... I throw it to myself. Take it away. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode, and we just did a little intro, but excited to, for the first episode of the Tangy Community Download. Uh, I'm here with my guest, Summer Smith, and I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited because I get to finally, like, this this show has been like something that we've been working on for a bit and it's like went through a bunch of ideas mm. and not only a bunch of ideas but a lot of things we've crossed off like that's probably not very good <laughs> and so like we're here now we finally got an idea that we like and we got a great guest on so you represent a really cool organization tell me which organization is that you represent yeah so I represent Tangible Parish SAD and if you don't know SAD stands for Students Against Destructive Decisions and so we as a group or a chapter of Tangible Parish SAD, but really SAD is a national organization that started in 1981. And the actual history of it is it started as Students Against Driving Drunk. But in 1997, a group of students in Massachusetts were like, hey, there's a lot of other topics we want to be able to cover other than, you know, drunk driving is an issue, but we want to be able to cover multiple topics. And so that's when the name actually changed to Students Against Destructive Decisions. And so for a long time, SAD was just for high school right trying to a peer-to-peer organization which is means it's led by students for the students and that's great and I think that's absolutely wonderful but the more we did this work the more we realized you really got to start working with younger students because they're getting introduced to these things younger and younger so in 2019 uh, we started Tangible Parish SAD because Florida Parish's Human Services Authority funded us through the Office of Behavioral Health with the Partnership for Success 2 grant and that happened because Tangy was actually one of the 10 parishes in Louisiana with the most underage alcohol use. So for the last four years, we have been making efforts to reduce underage alcohol use here within the parish. That's awesome. You know, you talked about uh, that it starts so early, mm-hmm. and that's something you really see. I just We just talked about it before the show, but I just spent the past two years being a high school teacher, and something I learned really quick was that 
these things that they're, you know, you see them in high school and they're doing like crazy things, whether it be drinking, smoking, involved in this type of thing or this type of thing, you really see that it starts way earlier than high school because some of these students are coming into high school and they're already, they've already been exposed, whether it's their family, their friends, their cousins, some other students. They're being exposed to this stuff at such an earlier age. And so it's so awesome to see Tangibo Parish and you guys are making a leap at that because it is so easy to get to that point. Absolutely. So to go off of that, and it may kind of shock you, our grant starts us at early as the age of nine because nine-year-olds were were reporting alcohol use. Nine years old. Um, and that's kind of terrifying to think about a nine-year-old. I mean, that's around third grade to think that they have had access to alcohol in some capacity. And so we really like to go into the schools. We really like to work with the schools the most just because that's where you can really reach the young students. And repetition is key. So the goal is to go into the school multiple times. So we really like to start sad clubs and that way a group of students can meet together maybe once a month or you know however often they need to really be kind of the forefront of this problem to lead their other students to making the right choices. And so we go in and we try to keep it fun, right? Because a lot of people think, well, making smart choices or safe choices is boring. It doesn't have to be. And so, you know, when you think guest speaker, you think sitting down, listening to somebody talk, okay, how are you supposed to reach a nine-year-old like that? You know, Mm -hmm. so we go in and we try to do really fun things. And um, like, for example, I have a song called The Brain Song that I have this little kid sing and we do footloose with the older ones to teach I'm them sure about that's their. A hit. Oh, absolutely! At first, of course, you know, there's lots of complaints and oh, I don't want to do this. But by the end of it, they're like, "Can you do another one? Can you do another one?" So I normally <laughs> follow it with like Cupid Shuffle or something. But that's all to teach them about their brain. And we are we love to talk about the brain because the brain is the boss of your body, and that is what tells your entire body what to do. And so if you damage your brain. The rest of your body doesn't know how to operate correctly. And so your brain is actually not fully developed till you're at least 25 years old. And that's a point that we really try to drive home with these students so they understand that their brain is not prepared to make decisions under the influence of something else. You know, they're barely able to make decisions normal, much less under the influence Retweet. of something else. So the goal is that we really try to make the activities fun, but lead it back to the problem. So, for example, with Footloose, we talk about the cerebellum. Well, your cerebellum is where your coordination is stored. Well, how can alcohol affect your coordination skills as a young person and things like that while you're under the influence? So we really try to keep the activities fun and engaging so that way the youth feel connected to the material and it's something they can, you know, put in their mind to remember. Yeah, my favorite, that, that's, all, that's awesome. My favorite part about groups in high school and college. I was a member of the broadcast organization at, here at Southeastern. That's awesome. And my favorite part about groups is that they held me accountable. Yes. If there's a group of people that are all striving for the same goal, then it makes it easier for me to strive for that same goal because I have those people looking at me like if I fail here, like they're looking at me and like, why'd you do that? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, you, you become a unified group and then it makes decision makings not as difficult, you know, Mm -hmm. or not as scary, I should say, just, you know, 
back in the day, they used to have a program called Just Say No. Well, just saying no is not easy. No. And so we really try to teach these students refusal skills, which is ways to say no. And we actually do that. I wrote a children's book, and um, it's called Susie Says No. And because of our wonderful grant, we have been able to purchase thousands of copies of this book. And so when I go and read it to the students, we're able to give them a free copy of the children's book to take home. So that way the students have something tangible in their hands that they can refer back to on ways to say no. So some of them may be to walk away. Some of them we call the broken record method. And of course, in today's generation, you have to explain what a record is. And you have to say, well, it's just saying no over and over again. Positive peer influence, making an excuse, offering a better idea instead. The book covers all of these different options for them just so they can understand that or feel like they have a way out. You know, if you're ever pressured, because you're going to be, it's not like you're never going to be pressured with something. What do you do once you're in that situation? How do you help yourself? And that's our goal. And having a group that like helps you with those answers is invaluable because sometimes you're the way you live your normal life. You won't get those type of answers. You won't get those type of things. That's like, you should do this. You should do that. Some people grow up, like you said, that never know Mm -hmm. the difference between what's right and what's wrong. This thing that my mom's doing or my cousin's doing, uh, why can't I do it? And you're trying to tell me why. It's probably a little bit harder for them at that level to figure out, like, this is why you can't do that. Right. And that's funny you bring that up because something that we're learning and, you know, of course, you grow as an organization as things move on. And we really realized through this process that we have to be able to reach the parents. And so we kind of try to use this program called Parents Who Host Lose the Most because we really want the parents to understand that it's dangerous to provide alcohol to their youth. And why? Why is it dangerous? What is it doing? And so, you know, we've partnered with, you know, law enforcement before to make videos like that are fun and entertaining and things like that, but really to try to help parents because if you don't change the parents' minds or the guardians' minds, what I'm saying means nothing. I could tell them alcohol is bad till I'm blue in the face. But if they go home and their loved ones say, no, it's okay, well, who who are they going to believe? Their loved ones or the stranger who just taught them this information? So we really are realizing that there has to be a community-level change. You know, I love working in the schools, and yes, that's very important, but we somehow have to reach the parent level as well because until we can change their minds – the students don't really have a fighting chance. Yeah, that's something I definitely learned um, as I taught and as I did Mm -hmm. it more and more and more. You know, with grades and things like that, you know, you see students that you can tell the students that at home they don't really have, like, the connection to this good grade or this bad grade. Because, like, when I was in school, if I came home with a C, like, my PlayStation controller was at the opposite end of the house. (laughs) But there are some students that... You know, they didn't live the same Mm -hmm. life as me. And that was a huge culture shock from an education standpoint Mm -hmm. for me was that, you know, I'm seeing sides of things that I never have seen before. And that's something that having a group like yours is so important because those students are seeing different walks of life that they may have never, ever even thought was possible because obviously there may be something going on at home that forces them to maybe have a blind eye to that or not necessarily know what to do about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, our grant this whole time has been about alcohol. Well, we live in Louisiana. (laughs) That's kind of a touchy subject because it is at everything. Birthday parties, it's there. Celebrations, it's there. I mean, bad celebrations, it's there. It's there 24-7. And so it can be a hard topic to 
have, but you would be shocked at the amount of young students, what they, not that they comprehend what it means, but the things that they know about alcohol and trying to make them understand that you are a child and it is dangerous for you because you are not developed and you are not prepared to have something alter the way you think in your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know, we've been talking about, you mentioned community a lot, and that's something we really want to talk about on this show is because our community is a little bit different here in Tangeville mm-hmm. Parish. There's, it's not like, it's we're different than other parishes in the sense that like, it feels sometimes like there's a little bit more of an emphasis on community and how like the community is affected. And so like a group like this doesn't just affect the community from the ground level. It seeps in through all levels because if you're going to a kid and in a group and you're teaching this to these kids they're bringing it home to their brothers and sisters maybe if they didn't get to hear it and maybe to their parents and so from that you're like trickling up Mm -hmm. and that's like a really good way to impact the community as a whole yeah and you know that's our goal is to exactly is for community change to happen and for people to understand with this grant in particular the dangers of underage alcohol use and to try to help the community as a whole understand that students are not developed they are not prepared and they do not need to have their hands on it you know yeah and And how to help them have fun without it what can we do as a community well we can host events that are safe that people feel comfortable with going to and having fun and without maybe having those things there you know and um offering more fun activities for the students to be able to see like oh that was really fun and I didn't have to be under the influence to have fun yeah that's something a lot of people probably don't understand heard people like I don't know how you could do this or do that some kids just don't know the difference they don't get that and so you guys being able to tell them like hey this is it Mm -hmm. like it's a really invaluable tool yeah and we you know we appreciate that and we really appreciate this community I mean we have been supported as an organization through and through I mean from law enforcement to other prevention agencies from the school board and school system everyone has really rallied together in hopes to try to prevent not just underage alcohol use, but teaching these students refusal skills and teaching them destructive decisions and how to make safe choices. I mean, over the last four years, we have made some wonderful partnerships that we are extremely thankful for. We actually just had an appreciation celebration at the end of June, and we had kind of like an award ceremony for all of the, We had over 40 community members there present just because we were so appreciative and wanted them to know that we couldn't have made the efforts and strides that we did without their support, you know, because it doesn't just take one person. It takes the whole community to see change. Yeah, and without that support, a lot of the things that you guys are accomplishing, you you probably wouldn't be able to do because exactly. you wouldn't have the you wouldn't have the reach and the hold. And so, tell me a little bit a, few, a little bit about those some of those accomplishments maybe that you guys have done as a group. Absolutely. So on a retail level, whereas you know, again, not only is it about the community and the parents and the guardians not providing, but we don't want retailers providing it either. We don't want them to be able to walk into a gas station and purchase alcohol. And so with that being said, we did create a toolkit called Not a Minor Problem. And really, it's a whole campaign called Not a Minor Problem. And the parish president, Mr. Robbie Miller, he actually partnered with us. And so did a few of the local restaurants in downtown Hammond partnered with us. It's like a 30 second video. But it's showing like there's a voiceover to it saying, you know, 
we as a community are taking a stance against underage alcohol use. So it's all of these restaurants saying we are not selling alcohol to minors. We see the importance of not selling to minors. We see that we want to keep our community safe and we're not selling to minors. And so we have printed these toolkits that we've created and it's about 20 pages. And in it, we give them to specifically retailers. I mean, anybody in the community could have one, but we've specifically been giving them to retailers because we want to also educate those who staff members not just the owners but obviously the ones who are actually selling it right whether it's a a server or you know a bartender or whoever it may be we want them to be able to understand the importance of not selling to minors. So just like we're educating students on their brain and their brain development, you know, it may not be as fun in a toolkit for the adults, but we do have that resource available for them as well to educate them on the dangers of selling to minors too. So that way we have a community level and a retail level kind of toolkit for the community as a whole to have. You talked about the retailers and how you give them this material. We we're talking about this for these students that they're getting this at this young age the issue with the retailers and stuff is they may have not gotten this information when they were at that level and so that may have trickled down to them maybe having a passive attitude towards it because it never affected me negatively this and that and so like you guys having this at this age when you look at that may even affect change all the way up until you know they're working at these restaurants and they're working they're running these places and so that's a really cool thing to talk about. Yeah. It's just hard because it all it, it's a slow process, right? It's not like, you know, you're having to change someone's opinion on something. That doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And so it really is kind of, you know, you said it earlier, it's kind of like a trickle-down effect or really trickle-up if you're talking to kids first, but really trying to educate everyone. And that requires, you know, feeding into these different sectors of the community because different parts of the community need different types of information. The way I explain the dangers of destructive decisions to students is not going to be the same way I explain a destructive decision when I walk into a room of board members, right? And so it's really... It's, it's difficult, but it's fun because you're really having to figure out a way to reach all of these different groups, and you have to reach them at when where they are ready. You mm-hmm. have to go to them. You can't expect them to come to you, and that's a that's been a real big process as well, is really trying to find where the community is and what they need to want to change. Absolutely. So we've been talking about all this, and I know on the on the exterior when you're listening, you're probably thinking, wow, this is you know, all these students are getting this and, you know, in a perfect world, all these students would be listening and they'd be changing their lives and they'd be making these decisions and they'd be making impactful decisions that don't lead them down destructive paths or do destructive things. But the 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 truth about it is that that's not always the case. What is y'all's biggest fight when it comes to combating this as like a community? Like, what do you guys struggle against the most? Well, I mean, you know, we're a nonprofit, so we're kind of small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, it really takes a lot of manpower because if you want to get into every school, well, there's 32 public schools in the parish, and that's just public, you know. So is it physically possible for one person to go into every school? Absolutely not, you know. So, um, But the goal would be is that you start these clubs at the high school level, elementary level, to where the students are the voice. Because at the end of the day, students are going to listen to students. That's why peer-to-peer mm-hmm. education is so important. I mean, although I love to think of myself as a young woman, and I am a young woman, I'm still not that young. Mm -hmm. And so in their eyes, I am the oldest person in the room, and so that makes me the oldie, right? And so really, it makes so much more sense to them when it's coming from their peers. And so 
we really, you know, these last two years, we've had a student leadership council where we have a selective group of students from throughout the parish that meet once a month. They come with us to community events. They help us host the community events. And it's really, you know, we're using them as the leaders for their schools to go back and spread this information and start clubs at their schools. Or that's the hope anyway, is that they'd start a side club at their school so they can tackle other, you know, problems. I mean, maybe bullying is an issue at their school and they want to have a bullying activity or maybe, you know, everyone knows vaping is an issue right now. So if they have these clubs and these outlets, they as a group can decide what is a topic that we need to cover to help our students. So really it's just getting into these schools and starting these clubs is something that we've really been working on um, to have that sustainability with all of these locals, uh, entities to help them grow and to help them understand, you know, what what can we do to help them grow is really what we're trying to do. Absolutely. And, and one of the cool things that you learn as like, I'm sure that you've learned this in your position and me as a teacher, something that I learned is that students really, they respond the most when they're put on the front lines of like things. Like, for example, we're talking about a group, you put a group of students on like they're in charge of this you see that they want to work so much harder. And it's I think it's like innate human nature that like they want to work harder. And so like for me, I had a media department at my high school where I worked at. The students ran it. They ran the camera. They ran the soundboard. And you could see that they were so much more passionate about the product as opposed to me going and doing everything and then them just seeing a final product. It's, this is theirs. And so that's something that you guys may have, you know, a benefit to is that, while you involve the students, this is something that they're developing too. Yes, absolutely. And again, when it comes to peer-to-peer, I'm sure your students then in turn went and told their friends about what they're working on. Mm-hmm. So then more people are seeing it, more people are seeing it because they're proud of it. Again, that's kind of human nature. Like, look what I did, you know? Yeah. And so those students, when they make these good choices and they're doing these different activities and it's encouraging them to go spread the word, which, you know, that's the best, that's the best advertisement you can have right there. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about word of mouth is so mm-hmm. important because you hear it from somebody is a lot different than hearing it on maybe the television screen exactly. or the on the radio. Because if you hear it from someone you know, it's the message is so much stronger. Yes. Like if you tell if so, a food review and I watch a food review TikToker and they're like, ah, oh, this is really good. I'm like, ah, oh, that's whatever. Right. But if my best friend comes up and says it's the best thing I've ever eaten, I have a much stronger opinion on that thing exactly. from its base. And so if as a parent, my kid comes home and is like, hey, I just learned about this, this, and this. Like that message will resound so much stronger with me because he said it. Exactly, exactly. Word of mouth is so important. It's the best advertisement you can get. So we're closing towards the end. My One of the last questions, and we'll talk a little bit about it. If you've got a student that is on the verge of making a destructive decision, whether it's drinking alcohol, whatever it is, what do you tell them to not necessarily bring them back from the brink? Obviously, they're not too far gone, but to possibly stop them from doing it in the future or to stop them where they're at. Yeah, and so that's kind of a a hard question, mm-hmm. but really it kind of depends on the situation because, I mean, obviously if you're close to this student and they're confiding in you, well, then clearly you know there's a bigger issue at hand. Why are you wanting to make these choices, right? But really our goal is to educate them on how it's affecting their body, right? That's why we really love to talk about the brain because 
it's not okay to try to put the fear in them that scare tactics are statistically proven not to work. Telling them, you know, oh, I'm going to call the police, that does nothing but make them fearful of law enforcement. But when you talk about them and how it's affecting them, once again, they're at that age where they are the most important thing to themselves, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and so really trying to educate them on how it's hurting their body. And are you trying to use this as a coping skill? Because I also, I don't know if maybe you as a teacher have noticed, but maybe some of these students are not learning proper coping skills. And so they're turning to some of these things as obviously peer pressure, ways to fit in. But some of them feel like they're dealing, you know, that they have the weight of the world on their shoulders and they don't know what to do. And so sometimes it's best to just get down to the root of the issue. And is something going on in your life for you to feel like you have to do these things to whether that's to fit in for peer pressure or anything like that? And so if you have a connection with the student, it makes answering that question a lot easier versus, you know, just talking to a group. But if I were just talking to a group about destructive decisions, I really talk about their future. Mm-hmm. How, what is, you know, we talked about the trickle effect earlier. What is this one decision? What can that lead to for you, you know, if this turns out badly? What can happen to your future? Because at the end of the day, your future matters. I think mm-hmm. a lot of these students feel like they don't matter, and they do. And so trying to make them understand that your future matters, what happens to you matters. It matters to me, and I want to see the best for you. And that's why I'm here talking to you today is because I want to see the best version of yourself. And you cannot be the best version of yourself when you're surrounding yourself with destructive decisions like alcohol, drugs, vaping, and all of those things. Yeah, the worst part about that situation and the best part about your group, or one of the best parts, is that some of those students don't even know that they're struggling in those ways, and they don't know that they have those issues with, say, maybe coping or whatever it is. They don't know that they have those, and so you bringing awareness to that situation is so important because they may have never, ever, ever gotten someone to look them in the eye and say, hey, this, what, this is not okay. This isn't the way you should go. Even if, say, your parents, your, and a lot of the times nowadays, it's influential figures. Mm. What they're doing may not be what's best for you, and a lot of the times isn't what's best for you. Right, right. And so that's that's probably like the best, like the best way that these two things bridge is that you get to you get to actually, actually, actually show what is what can happen. Yes, absolutely. And like I said, we don't try to use scare tactics or anything like that. We really try to talk about them and, you know, who they are as a person and what they want from this world and how they can achieve it by making safe and smart choices. Absolutely. And that's so important for the future, for the present. (laughs) And you you see, I mean, the world is changing all around every day. And more and more and more, you see, like, my my biggest thing as a teacher was, like, public figures, like, what Mm. people... What people say and how people react. I know for me personally, if I knew, like, say, like, they're on TikTok during lunch break and I see someone there watching, I see that person on their phone, it kind of brings back, like, oh, well, I know what kind of person that person is. I see some of those traits in you. Mm. And if I had if I had the foresight to be like, hey, probably shouldn't be watching that person. Maybe I could have made a change in that situation because if they're not watching that person, maybe they are less inclined to do A or B. And so like for the future and like destructive decisions, like having something 
this resource right. is so impactful to the community. Yeah, because don't even get me started on social media because that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it is. It's hard. And so we try, you know, we do have Instagram and Facebook and all those things to try to promote all the positive things that our students, all the positive choices the students are making. And so we do you know, try to keep those as up to date as possible. And we really try to showcase the students and and the parents in the community that are making the right choices to showcase how much fun you can have making smart and safe choices. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Summer, so much for coming on. Uh, it's been a blast. It was the first episode. It was an awesome one. Uh, I didn't even realize how close we were to time until I looked down and I was like, wow, the conversation <laughs> flew by. But thank you so much for being on. Thank I you. Thank you all for time. having me. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. This was fun. Yeah, I had a great time too. Well, that was officially the first episode of the Tangy Community Download. Make sure to check out, uh, listen to some music after, hang out on Southeastern Zone 90.9 KSLU. We'll see you later.